We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for June 3rd, 2018. Next report, and really it's the final report, but it's pretty long, and it's entitled The Nephilim and the Alien Gospel Deception. And this starts out by saying, could an alien invasion be part of the great end-time delusion? Do aliens exist? Did aliens create the human race? Will aliens return to the earth? Is it possible that God and the angels are extraterrestrial aliens? These are some of the questions that many in society, from students to PhD scientists alike, have all tried to determine. <clears throat> the Bible predicts that there will be a future time of supernatural events appearing in the sight of all people on earth. Angelic beings and demons will manifest in view for all to see. So in the face of this, how could people still not believe in the supernatural as described in the Bible? What would cause them to doubt? The answer could be the alien gospel deception, the false idea that alien beings from another planet created the human race millions of years ago and will one day return to save us from our own destruction. The Ancient Aliens TV show is one of the main promoters of the idea that aliens are the true gods of humanity. It is the absolute belief of this ministry that any alien, extraterrestrial being, or UFO are actually manifestations of a spiritual realm being. Now again, I would I would say not to say that that means that they don't possess physical bodies in many cases, though. Uh, the Bible time and time again details angels, demons, and God himself interacting with humanity. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were able to speak with God and Satan, who was in the form of a serpent, in person. Uh, after their sin and banishment from the Garden of Eden, the Lord stationed a cherubim in a heavenly, in a heavenly realm sword to guard against the entrance of the Garden. In Genesis 6, fallen angels rebelled against God and took human wives, took human women as their wives. And what are we talking about? Genesis 6, 1 through 4. And it came to, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were, were born unto them, that the sons of God, which are angels, good angels, that term sons of God, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament Hebrew, is only, if you do a keyword search, it is only ever referred to as angels. In the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, we're, we can be referred to as sons of God. But in the Old, it's always that term, that exact phrase, I believe occurs five times. Uh, I believe a couple times here in Genesis and I think like three or four in um, Job. Every single time, it is clearly only in reference to angels. Okay? In, in this case, good angels, but this is, it says the sons of God saw the daughters of men. Now, when they saw them, that didn't mean they necessarily fell, okay? They were right on the verge of falling at that point, okay? But they were still referred to as the sons of God, which were good angels. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and then now they become bad angels. <laughs> they become fallen angels, and they took them wives all which they chose. That's when they became fallen. And the Lord said... My spirit shall not always strive with man, for there, for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. So our lifespan further got diminished at that point because, you know, prior to the flood, you know, you had people that were living into the 950 range, Methuselah and these types of people. That was, that was normal. And this was another punishment really from God, um, that he reduced our lifespans at that point. So, 
there and his days shall be 120 years there were giant which is about the maximum you will ever see anybody living in today's day and age okay give or take a little bit there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of god came in under the daughters of men again they bred with them and they bear the children to them obviously that's evidence that they bred with them they, these fallen angels and became mighty men of old which were the men of renown which is where we get all of our like greek mythology and these types of things from the mighty men of old the men of renown you know achilles and and all of these types of people that were um half human half fallen angel so when they went into battle if they were half human half fallen angel they could do extraordinary things like achilles in battle that a normal human couldn't do this is why they were called the men of old or the men of renown Okay, so that's Genesis, again, 6, 1 through 4. The Nephilim, offspring of these sinful, intimate relationships, corrupted the world and wrought violence, provoking, provoking the flood judgment from God in Genesis 6. Thus, in the first few chapters of the Bible, it is well established that the heavenly realm, supernatural beings, interacted with humanity. However, this has not stopped Hollywood or the secular community from promoting the notion that beings from another planet are real and that are even... And that even the biblical account can be explained by replacing God with an alien race. The Ancient Aliens television series has been one of the most influential shows in promoting the notion that aliens were responsible for the creation of humanity. I mean, I imagine I could watch this on YouTube or something. I just refuse. I, I don't, I don't, all I'm going to do is, is get infuriated if I watch it. So I don't think I've ever watched one episode of this stuff. Because I know it's literal total brainwashing to push their their satanic agenda uh, i'm not telling i'm not condemning anybody that's watching i'm just saying for me i just i can't do it um so this promotes the notion that aliens were responsible for the creation of humanity technology and many other ancient megaliths that still stand all over the earth and on many occasions they even go to the bible passages to preach their false message well that's central because they want to make sure that their primary focus which is a satanic focus is is destroying the validity of the bible and trying to destroy the faith of born-again christians or destroying the 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 um potential for a person to even become a christian you know they put enough doubt in your head and you might have been thinking well yeah this the bible's really making sense of this and that and then you get this ancient astronaut thing or this ancient alien show in your head you start believing that garbage you're thinking well then the bible's wrong i'm, I'm you know i'm never going to get saved which is the goal of satan through tv series like this uh they, so on many occasions they go to Bible passages to preach their false message of aliens being the true creators and not the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says all things were created by him when, and without him was not anything made that was made and that was in reference to Jesus Christ. With high quality production and subtle suggestions, they quickly try to cast doubt on the biblical account and raise the possibility of alien beings actually being the reason for the ancient books of scripture. In very clever fashion, one episode open with a one episode opens with a Catholic priest providing an explanation of angels. This is an attempt to promote the idea that if a Roman Catholic priest would endorse the notion that angels could actually be extraterrestrial aliens from another planet, then the Bible could be incorrect describing them as the heavenly realm beings. Because we all know the Roman Catholics or you know priests or the pedophile priesthood, you know they're the only arbiters and. 
um, repositories of real truth on the planet, obviously. I mean, they're, they're led of Satan and their the pedophile priesthood and then the inquisitions that happened where they killed like, you know, probably about 100 million people, many of them true born-again Christians in the most horrific possible sadistic, satanic ways you can even envision. And all of the other extra-biblical works-based garbage that goes on in the Catholic Church, obviously they're the true arbiters and, and holders of all truth on the planet, you know. So they conveniently ignore that the Catholic Church adheres to numerous heretical and apostate teachings. Mixed in, because they just love to throw Catholics and say, this is Christian. Christian. It's not Christian. Catholics are a black devil death cult that are taking and have taken millions upon millions to hell. So mixed in with this is the show's discovery that Hebrew and the Hebrew and Greek term for angel in the Bible was, quote, mistranslated as it means messenger, inferring that they have cover, uncovered some kind of big-time error in the text of the Bible. This, despite it being common knowledge among Christians that Malik in Hebrew or angelos in Greek is the word for angels, also means messengers. It even, the Greek word is angelos, like angels, okay? And it means messenger. Uh is that was the role many angels played in the Bible. Like Gabriel was, you know, like a messenger angel, is a messenger angel. I'm not saying it's the only thing he can, he can do, but, you know, it was one of his, as far as when it was divine in the Bible, that was, you know, many, many times angels were acted in that regard. Thus, there is no error in translation in that the English language took the Greek word and made it an actual title, the Greek word angelos, and made it an actual title, angel. So it's not a mistranslation or anything here. Now we're using the King James Bible, which is very, very important distinction because you could go to the NIV, which has removed 64,098 words from, as opposed to the King James Bible text, there's 64,098 less words, which is almost 10% of the, of the whole Bible text, gone. So, you know, to say there's no difference is, is insanity. <laughs> you know, so the King James Bible is, is the one that you should be reading, okay? Because of that very fact alone, and not only that, these other versions are almost every single time translated from a corrupted text type. Typically two corrupted Catholic texts called the Sinaiticus and the Vaticanus, which were so um, poorly translated that even the Catholics, I mean... The um, Sinaiticus was found in a trash can at the base of Mount Sinai in, in a, a monk monastery. A, a really sick, sadistic uh, one where they like chained up skeletons and stuff and there's all these human skulls in there. That was where it was found in a waste paper basket. That's why they called the Sinaiticus because it was the base of a monastery on Mount Sinai. And the Vaticanus was found in the Vatican and it was so bad that they didn't even use it. They just put it on the shelf. They combined the two, got the revised version through two occultists named Westcott and Hort, which literally spawned all the other Bible versions we have today other than the King James, which was translated from a totally different text type, from the majority text, or the Byzantine text, Textus Receptus. So, anyway, if you want to know more about that, just key in King James and the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. There's a huge difference in the Bible versions. So, going further, in our article, Bloodlines of the Nephilim, a biblical study, which I give you the links to all that. I give this ministry credit for everything. Um, there's a link you can go to there. 
the beginning and the end, which is the name of the ministry, explain the world, the world before the flood of Noah as the Bible describes it. An era where sinful angels descended from heaven and took human, human women as wives. These illicit relations led to the birth of the Nephilim giants. The aim of Satan and his minions in this effort was to corrupt human genetics. God, in his defense of humanity, chose Noah, a righteous believer who was fully human, to restart the human population after the flood. Rather than being some hybrid alien being, Noah was purely human, and that was what made him perfect in his generations. It wasn't that he was perfect, sinless perfection. The only one that ever pulled that off was Jesus Christ. But he had, his bloodline, his DNA had not been corrupted. Okay, And that was the whole key of Satan in this rebellion during Genesis 6, is to corrupt the seed line of humanity. And he almost pulled it off, saved the eight people on the ark and the animals on the ark that had not had their lineage or their bloodline corrupted now you could say well that doesn't mean everybody on the earth had been their dna had been corrupted well that's true but the bible said that man's man's mind was only uh, basically focused on evil and wickedness continually and it repented god that he hadn't even made man so even the ones that were left behind if their if their dna hadn't been corrupted they were they were of such a wicked mind and wicked mindset that they were like demon possessed vessels of satan on two legs most likely Anyway, let's go further. The Prometheus film heavily promoted the idea that aliens seeded life on Earth and created humanity. Now, we're going to go through a, a series of these different big-time blockbuster uh, either TV series and or movies. They Just some of them. This is a small sampling. Some of the more major ones that have this alien agenda firmly embedded into them in this brainwashing tactic that Hollywood continues to use over and over. Um, Prometheus was directed by Rid Ridley Scott, which was one of the biggest films of recent years to push the concept of, to the masses. The movie was about a team of scientists and astronauts who head into space to locate an alien race. Now, I've done, I think, three different parts where we get into this Prometheus. I give you a link here, and um, basically, if you want to know, if, if like you want to know about the movie, just go to the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and key in Prometheus, or I give you the link here. You can click on in the PDF. Uh, any other thing you want to know about 501c3 Church KJV Bibles, you can do it that way. And the the search list now is much bigger. Like if you key in something, you'll get like if I've done 30 studies on it, you're gonna probably get about every one. Um. I think I think they've even got where you can go to the next page if there's too many listed. So I, it's it's a lot better than it used to be, in in that regard. Um, the movie opens with the with the, the engineers, the aliens in the film, who are these really big, like they're giants, okay? Which would be they would be very indicative of of a nephilim, what you would think a nephilim giant would look like. They're about I don't know, a good eight feet tall. Uh, human looking, humanoid looking, I would say, uh, big muscles, zero body fat, evil, black eyes, um, um, gill slits. I like the gill slits. That's neat. I mean, I, that's, that's a nice touch. Uh, just the epitome of evil. No, no compassion, no remorse, no, um, empathy, sympathy, no emotions like that just basically evil is, is how you would that's how they're portrayed even in the movie um but the movie opens with the engineers the aliens in the film 
one of these engineers drinking a poisonous substance that dis disintegrates his body, releasing his DNA into the water, this big waterfall that he literally drinks this stuff, and then he just starts to disintegrate. He falls into this big rushing waterfall thing right next to where he was at, and his DNA basically disintegrates, which supposedly then recombines, and it shows it happening in the movie, like in real time, it starts to recombine to create life and jumpstart the evolution of humans. It's, it's, it's the most asinine thing on the planet. You know, I mean, it's basically their version of evolution, which is, you know, essentially akin to us evolving from a rock where the rain rained on the rock for millions of years or billions or whatever, and then it finally a lightning bolt hit it or whatever, and then it out of that primordial ooze and slime emerged a two-cell amoeba that eventually turned into like a fish, that eventually turned into like a porpoise that came up on dry land and then turned into a muskrat, and then the muskrat turned into an elephant, and the elephant turned into an ape, and then Piltdown Man and Neanderthal or whatever. I mean, this progression of insanity over the years... You know, if you had all the components of a Rolex watch and they and, and you, you strewn them all over the place, how many millions of years is it going to take for all those components to actually combine together and to form that perfect Rolex, Rolex watch again? Well, that would never ever happen in a billion years because it had an intelligent creator. And that's just a Rolex watch. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're created in God's image. I can't stand when, whenever I'm listening to Jones. is always, always talking about how we're the species. And, and really, he's really been hitting it lately, too on that because the, this whole ape comment with um valerie jared or whatever the planet of the apes the roseanne bar garbage and I, not to say that i'm glued to alex jones or that i'm recommending him but i've heard this so many times out of his mouth where he refers to us as species and that we're literally he must be a, a firm darwinianist because he constantly is talking about how we're basically just a higher we're, we're in the ape family and that we're we're a higher we we we're higher, more highly evolved essentially in the ape in in the whole matter of evolution, and I'm like, how do you how do you call yourself? You you say that you're a born again Christian essentially is what he basically says, and yet he has all these heretical doctrines, these new age doctrines that he's not so subtly always interjecting into things. It's it's, it's like Alex, the religion of Alex Jones, and how you know he's got the most hard rock you know music guys that he has on there he has those as his intros he does all, i mean he's got a lot of just really wicked people he interviews a lot of the times now i'm not saying there's not a lot you can't glean from a current news standpoint but it's like you know dude what bible are you reading you know i mean i i, I don't want i don't want to go around judging and stuff but what bible are you reading dude because i mean you are into some really heretical belief systems and um, I really think a, a guy like that thinks that he feels like he's doing so much to whatever, put his life on the line for humanity. And this is how he portrays himself. I, I'm not saying that, that, you know, this is actually what's the reality. That he thinks that he's doing enough along those lines that he can basically live his life whatever way he want to live it and think whatever he wants to think and do whatever he wants to do. And he doesn't really have any, um, I don't know, responsibility to god to actually live biblically is the way it seems to me okay i'm sorry that's just like when i watch the guy and it's over and over and it's this evolution thing always seems to keep coming back up and you cannot believe that we evolved from an ape and call yourself a christian that is totally contradictory to the word of god totally 
Evolution is a big reason that Hitler did what he did because he looked at other races as not as far up on the evolutionary scale that needed to be eliminated, like the Jews, like the Gypsies, like these other races that weren't the, the pure Aryan fifth root race bloodline or whatever garbage. Okay, and I'm mostly German, so I mean, you know, I'm, <laughs> um, but. That, that is one of the main driving forces behind the Holocaust. One of the main, main ones. And, and yet, he not so subtly promotes that all the time. With this species talk and, and the ape talk and all this other stuff. And it's so offensive to me when I hear that. I'm like, you really think we evolved from apes? You really do? What planet are you on? The Bible says in Genesis, you know very clearly at the very start of the bible that he created male and female in, in god's image okay that's how we got here not through evolution not through the ancient astronaut theory not through you know the piltdown man to the neanderthal to the apes or whatever it's very very integral to to um a christian's belief system that's not trivial it's it's gigantically important so this released this this defiled devil nephilim dna into the water which then cross combined and jump started the evolution of humans and there's scenes from the movie that are actually in this pdf that you can look at here for for more clarity um thus from the onset of the mess from the onset of the message of this movie it is clear alien beings created humanity the plot centers on Dr. Shaw, an archaeologist who is recruited to conduct an excavation on Mars where the Whelan Corporation believes ancient alien technology was discovered. Now, you may start to think, well, why are you giving me the big, the, all this integral parts of the plot? Because it's leading to other things. It's leading to big picture stuff. But in order to understand the big picture of the movie, you've got to know a little bit more about the plot line. Um, Shaw, the daughter of a Christian of Christian missionaries and a devout believer herself, which is important because I'm always trying to make sure that they portray whatever Christian they have in their Hollywood blockbusters as losing their faith once they get enlightened. Okay, so she's one of the most central themes of the whole movie. The daughter of Christian missionaries and a devout believer herself spent her career studying ancient civilizations on earth. Her main finding was that the ancient cultures who lived thousands of years ago made similar drawings and an etching of the godlike race with a map of the stars. The space maps, and there's pictures here in, in the PDF, the space maps the aliens left behind were intended for, quote, their children, humanity, who, because they created us, to one day, these, these Nephilim giants created us, okay, to one day develop enough knowledge and technology to find them, and they're on this other planet that they got to go find them, and that's what the whole movie's about. And thus, in 2085, the year 2085, the Whelan Corporation has the funding and the technology necessary to launch a mission into deep space to follow the map back to the planet where the alien creators are located. Once on the planet, the team discover a temple with containers that hold the genetic material of a thousand various species. But the same black goo that killed the, the alien in the ongoing scene is also present. Now, I could do a whole study on this black goo stuff, and I probably should. Um, it's been portrayed in so many different movies and TV series. It was, I mean, X, X-Files had a whole series of episodes 
where it was this black goo stuff that basically changes once it gets on your body it only has to like contact your skin and it this stuff's real okay there are there i i listened to this guy the other day but that that incident in the falkland islands the guys that were literally there guarding the stuff the problem is the only people that talk about the black goo are like the most hardcore typical uh new ager dudes that you can get but these are guys that were guarding this black goo and they didn't have consciousness and they saw it and like when they like they would go there it would try to move toward them and stuff and the the, the guys that were even around it or exposed to it all died the, these horrific deaths and stuff and not typically not too long the only ones that are living are just you know physical wrecks and they weren't even like it didn't even touch them but they were just near this stuff stuff's real okay it's pure evil I can't 100% say exactly what it is, but it is pure evil. And it is a very, very common theme you're going to see in a lot of these different movies. I saw this thing the other day where it said all the, all the recent modern-day movies that have black goo in it. And it was mind-boggling how many movies that there, that there has been where they portray this black goo. It's always evil. It's always wicked. It always kills you. It always changes your DNA. Which is basically the whole Nephilim concept, you know sons of god saw the daughters of men it's always about defiling our dna it always seems to boil back to that and that's why i'm so against with the vaccines because there's foreign dna in there and they admit to it not to mention microchips now in the flu vaccines and and only god knows what else that they're not even disclosing on the potential label because it's like you know it's the fox garden the hen house you think they're going to give you full disclosure on what potentially they might be putting in vaccines that maybe isn't on the label Okay, so going back to the plot, David, the android character, secretly working for the Whelan Company founder, mixes the goo, the black goo, into the drink, into the drink of Holloway, one of the team members, to see what effects it would have. That seems reasonable enough, you know. As she contemplates life on Earth, Dr. Shaw laments over the fact that she is unable to conceive a child. But she develops a romantic interest with Holloway. Who, who drank the black goo substance, who now has the alien genetic material in his bloodstream. So that's what they're basically correlating the black goo with, is this alien genetic material. Isn't that what it was all about in Genesis 6? Commingling fallen angel DNA with our DNA to defile humanity, which basically set the whole world on fire, essentially, in a bad, really, really bad way and corrupted everybody, save eight people and the animals on the ark. God had to hit the reset button and start over. So what's exactly what they want to do today. Um, so she develops a romantic relationship with Holloway, who now has the alien genetic material in his bloodstream and becomes impregnated with the alien hybrid baby. Holloway, now possessing the DNA of the aliens in his blood, is able to conceive a child with a previously sterile Dr. Shaw. This was part of the over- overarching theme of the film refuting the message of christianity shaw not only then questions her faith but develops more faith in the aliens as they not only prove their existence but do what in her mind was once impossible what god didn't do for her which was give her the ability to conceive see so you knew if she's a central character and she's portrayed as a christian and her her parents were missionaries they're going to be attacking her faith and her not so subtly the whole show and that's exactly what happens um and they're showing various scenes from the movie here to kind of like you know 
drive home this point. Shaw then discovers that human and, and the human and the alien DNA match, confirming the aliens were the true creators of the human race. And this is the scene where it's showing that the human DNA and the alien DNA match, you know, which is total lies from the pit of hell, but, you know, that's how they portray it in the movie. As noted in our article, the Prometheus movie, The Alien Gospel Deception, there's a link to that, Ridley Scott made no secret that explaining away religion was a big part of the message of the film. Well, explaining away Christianity was a big part of the message of this film. He states, quote, this is Ridley Scott, the guy that wrote this film, the guy that the, created it, okay? He said, quote, there's a writer, Eric Von Daniken, one of his most famous books was called Chariots of the Gods. Everyone thinks he was out of his mind at the time. You know, for number one, quote, we are the creation of gods. But these gods obviously are the fallen angels. Things have changed so dramatically that you can start looking at the idea that all our history can be completely wrong and misguided. This is, this is his quote, Ridley Scott, and especially the Bible completely wrong and misguided that's what he's really talking about if you read between the lines so now you've got the whole attitude the whole changed attitude with Nassau the church and I think even Stephen Hawking who just recently passed away over the last 30 years they've gone from quote it's highly unlikely that there's anyone in our galaxy or any other force being in our galaxy to now where they're conceding that there are probably thousands of different life forms in this galaxy alone and i think the church this is this from this quote i think the church has conceded as well well the catholic church sure has that it would not be against the word of god if we conceded that there are other life forms in this galaxy. So if you notice how he's attacking Christianity. So if you take that out, then there's an open door. To me, it's entirely logical. It's entirely ridiculous to believe that we are the only ones here. Now, I'm not saying that we're the only ones here. I am saying there's a lot of demonic, these demonic type entities masquerading in, as different various space alien races or whatever. You got your Nordics, you got your reptilians, you got your insectoids, you've got whatever okay and that's the whole thing is that is that they're trying to get you to believe that that the bible never ever ever talked about that so therefore the bible's wrong see what the devil did in, Ge in uh, genesis 6 that was the flavor of the day he was much more bold they just came down on mount Hermon. the angels fell they took them wise all that they chose they just started doing whatever they wanted Today, though, he's been much more subtle in the way that he has went about this. And much more it's much more of a long con type of concept. A long con. Meaning it's a long con job. It's taken decades and decades and decades to put all of this stuff in place. Whereas in Genesis 6, it was more smash-you-in-the-mouth type of, of um, invasion. A little different nowadays. Anyway, he goes on, he says... Um, it's entirely ridiculous to believe that we are the only ones here. That's my first thought, is that for us to be sitting here right now is actually mathematically impossible without a lot of assistance. Well, yeah, you're right about that. Because without Creator God, without the Lord Jesus Christ speaking everything into existence, 
and creating us, it's not going to ever, ever happen. And he goes on to say, who assisted? Who made the right decisions? Who was pushing and pulling to adjust us? Well, it's all the Lord Jesus Christ. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Okay? That's a fair question. Yeah, and it's, and it's absolutely, totally answered in the Bible. But see, devils like this have to twist everything and push their own agenda because they hate God so much. They've got to come out with these movies like this and, you know, to try to brainwash the masses. Because they want the, because Satan through them wants to take as many people to hell as, as possible. That's the whole goal. Chariots of the Gods, this book, was a major influence on the Prometheus movie. Eric Von Daniken, the author of Chariots of the Gods and the forefather of the ancient alien movie movement, used his book as a polemic against the Bible and the Christian faith. A polemic is a contentious rhetoric that is intended to support a specific position by aggressive claims and undermining of the opposing position. In this particular, in this particular case, the opposing position of the Bible. That's what the Prometheus is, is trying to do. The movie. Um, here, and here we have another, we have a quote from Eric Von Daniken, Chariots of the God, page 44 and 45. He says, quote, Once again, we have the sons of God, who interbred with human beings, he's admitting to this, here too we have the first mention of giants. Giants keeping, keep on cropping up in all parts of the globe. In the mythology of the East and the West, in the sages of Tihuacanaco, sorry if I got that wrong, and the epics of the Eskimos. Giants haunt the pages of almost all ancient books. So they must have existed. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. So what sort of creatures were they, these giants? Were they our forefathers? Now he makes this, I mean, okay, he admits that Genesis 6 is true, okay? Yet, in order to get to Genesis 6, you got to have Adam and Eve, who were male and female, and God created them. And then they had their offspring, okay? Ultimately, which led up to Genesis 6, God had to hit the reset button. All of that was God's doing. What wasn't God's doing was when the angels fell and procreated with women, created this Nephilim race, which, you know, corrupted the whole world. And the Bible says there were giants in those days and also after that. Also after the flood. So this is where we get all of these other um, uh, giant giants of mythology, like um, from the east and the west, the epics of the Eskimos, all of these other giant stories. That's It was also after that. So he says, were there forefathers who built the giant buildings and effortlessly handled the monoliths? They weren't our forefathers, but it could have been the giants that did that, yes. Sure. Or were they technically skilled space travelers from another star? No, the Bible's very clear. There were also giants in those days and also after that. And they had that capability. I mean, they, they had, if you think about it, some of these some of these dudes were, you know, 20, 30, I've, I've heard up to 100 feet, I'm even taller. The original giants that were like the original fallen angel offspring. First generation, okay? Can you imagine how big their brains would be? And, and there's many accounts that they had brains, and firsthand eyewitness accounts like the Mayans and people like that that saw them and they could literally raise and lift gigantic stones with their mind like through telekinesis, okay? It was demonic mind power. I'm not saying they couldn't move them, but the problem is, is you look at these pyramids, these pyramid structures, and um, 
these gigantic megalithic structures that are around the earth and you see these gigantic blocks of stone that literally when you see them they're literally like they're they're it, it would be like play-doh like if you had two pieces of play-doh and you wanted them to fit together and it would you kind of like mush them that's how they're they appear they're not like it wasn't like they were cut square a lot of these stones they literally had some ability to soften the stone and then meld them together the um all these new studies that um these new videos that um steve quayle and timothy alberino put out on the giants they get into that in detail there's no denying there was some incredible technology that they were using we don't have that technology today with the biggest cranes and the and the ways they are we don't have the ability to melt stone to make these gigantic monolithic structures we don't have that but they do their dads were fallen angels so you know their brains were probably you know potentially 100 times bigger than ours they have gotten more cerebral power in a demonic way to do this kind of stuff so let's go further um writing back in 1968 von daniken popularized the concept of taking supernatural events in the bible and attributing attributing them to alien life forms from another planet and he is a regular guest on ancient aliens tv show so imagine that rather than taking the bible at face value von daniken and ridley scott want to twist its words to suit their own sinful imaginations the bible says of this mentality in romans 1 18 through 22 which is um, one that I, I tend to reference a lot in the past. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. This is a great example of Von Daniken and Ridley Scott. Because that which, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made like us we're made by god okay even his eternal power and godhead god the father god the son god the holy ghost godhead so that they are so that they are without excuse so in other words the people that say there's no god or it's are these wild heretical satanic theories of von daniken and really scott they're without excuse they're they've created their own religion essentially in their own little minds and wrote books about it and movies about it in order to brainwash you because they want they want you to go to hell because they know they're going to hell and they want you to go to hell there's misery loves company going further because that when they knew god i mean von daniken's quoting he's he's giving absolute total validity in his book church of the god that once again we have the sons of god who interbred with human beings here too there's the first mention of giants they're 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 totally um um citing the word of god but then they twist it to their own wicked imagination instead of just believing what the bible says because that when they knew god they glorified him not as god neither were thankful this is why not being thankful is so dangerous because when you become unthankful you know regarding god and in in the life he's given you and, and you know the air in your lungs and the food you eat and the water that you drink and the house that you have or wherever you live i mean it's a very dangerous slippery slope from there on out neither were they thankful were 
neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Yeah, say that describes these two guys. And their foolish heart was darkened. The Bible says the fool in his heart has said there is no God. You know. And in, I can't think of a better example, these two. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Absolutely. Because I'm sure if you ask Eric Von Daniken and really Scott, they probably think they're really wise fellows. And they're not. They're fools, according to the word of God. Void of understanding, 100%. No wisdom, no understanding at all. None. This passage reveals that all people know intuitively that God exists. The revelation can come just from observing nature and the cosmos. But because of our sinful nature, many reject God. And some deny his very existence, driving them further away into their vain imaginations. Ridley Scott was so determined to challenge the Bible in this film, he admitted that in an early version of the script of Prometheus, the engineers, the aliens, were going to explain that the reason they wanted to destroy him, and this is a really good, I mean, I, this even blew me away. I, I was like, really? In an early script of Prometheus, the engineers were going to explain that the reason they wanted to destroy humanity was because people had become so wicked. Now, they're they're the pure epitome of wickedness. I watched this scene, because I was researching this last night, of Prometheus. It was a deleted scene where they wake him up, and he actually talks some. And I guess they, they cut that part out. But he basically, he gets up, and, and they're basically trying to plead with him about all this. Oh, you this and that, and oh, yeah, yeah, we're this and that, and we're, we're your buddies, and we're your creation, and well, let's rule and reign together, basically. The old man, the old rich guy was saying that to him, and, and he just basically, like, kills all of them you know, in the thing. I mean, he's just purely wicked, this thing. Um, but they wanted to destroy humanity because the people become so wicked. And that, and that and here's, the, here's the real hot one. And that 2,000 years ago, this wickedness had reached its peak when the Roman Empire dominated the world and killed Jesus Christ. Why, you say? Why, why would that bother wicked, evil Nephilim? Why would that bother? Wouldn't, wouldn't the Nephilim be happy about that? Well, in this scenario, Ridley Scott originally planned on depicting Jesus as a space alien emissary who really came to Earth to aid humanity's evolution. So in other words, he was one of their own. He was a space alien Nephilim, Jesus, is how they're portraying him. And they killed one of the engineers when they killed Jesus Christ. They killed one of the alien engineers. So that made the engineers' wrath kindled, and they wanted to come back and kill us all because of that. <laughs> I mean, I get so convoluted and insane. There, um, a website called movies.com regarding that plot said, you throw religion and spirituality into the equation of, for Prometheus, and... It almost acts like a hand grenade. We heard it was scripted that the engineers were targeting our planet for destruction because we had crucified one of their representatives and that Jesus Christ might have been an alien. Was that ever considered? And then they go on to answer and answer in the affirmative. Yes, it was. Um, the blasphemous concept was cut from the film, though, but it reveals that the extent to that the unsaved mind will go into defiance of God. Do not be deceived. To no surprise, Scott 
was also the director of the blasphemous Exodus Gods and Kings film that portrayed God as an angry little boy and attempted to explain every supernatural plague against Egypt as a natural phenomenon. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. I, I hope the guy gets saved, but boy, oh boy. For more on this film, they've got a whole article entitled Exodus, Gods and Kings, Hollywood Heresy Strikes Again. You can click on that if you like. The ABC. Then we go to the ABC series V. Now, I've done literal studies on all of this. I've got like three parts on Prometheus. I don't know how many I've done on V. But the ABC series V left no doubt that it was promoting the mingling of human DNA with the gods. Little g. In addition to creating humanity, pop culture entertainment also promotes... The concept of aliens being saviors of humanity, providing ways for man to evolve or become immortal. Beginning and the end covered the AB series V, and there's a link to that, in which an alien race appears on Earth, offering supernatural healing of diseases, advanced technology, and world peace. As seen in the trailer, the aliens quickly take the place of any religion, and can and even the priest on the show argues they can they can be received as our saviors. And you always see any person in any kind of religious capacity in any of these shows, whether it's this V miniseries or Prometheus or whatever, always, they always fall away from the faith. Always. Because their rock, their rock was never, their house was never built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And when the winds came, I mean, in this case, it was, you know, the winds come and, and the waves come and all of these things, their house fell because it was never founded on the rock, the solid rock of Christ Jesus. The, the Bible gives that exact analogy. So, the aliens are worshipped and treated as gods. The arrival of the spaceship above New York City causes seismic tremors so strong that an enormous crucifix is shaken from the wall, which is a Catholic symbol, shaken from the wall of the church and shown smashing to the ground, a barely subtle symbol of the superiority of the alien gods over Jesus Christ. So, they're always trying to have this... Um, it wasn't subtle. It was. It was a. It was in your face superiority of the alien gods over Jesus Christ. In one episode, the alien and those crucifixes are not biblical. It's a Catholic thing. Jesus Christ is not on the cross anymore. But that's how the Catholics would always portray him as this suffering, sickly, human figure on the cross, beaten down, pitiful looking. I'm not taking away from what Jesus Christ did on the cross. I mean, it's it's the centrality of our salvation. I'm saying that's how they they want to keep him up there. The Catholics, he never come up. He never. He's never come off the cross, so they can keep continually re-crucifying him every time they have their mass. That's why they do it, and through the and through the process of transubstantiation, they believe that they're literally changing the Catholic communion host and the wine into the literal blood and body of Jesus Christ, which is totally blasphemous. And that's why they have to keep going and doing it over and over and over again. Because you have you have to constantly, continually keep cleansing your sin by your own works. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't confess our sins daily, but I'm, I'm saying they're continually doing this, crucifying the Son of God afresh, as the Bible talks about. But Jesus Christ, when he said it was finished, it was finished. He's not on the cross anymore. He's ever seated at the right hand of God, ever making intercession for the saints. And we can boldly come before the throne of grace to make our intercessions known. Okay? So, that's how the Catholics, though, want to portray that. Just key in transubstantiation, that word. In the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com if you want to know more about that. It's blasphemous. It's totally blasphemous. But anyway, I figured I'd throw that in there. Um, in one episode, the alien leader, 
visits the Vatican, where the Catholic leaders make a pact to work with the aliens. Of course. And the, and the, and the Catholics have all said they're going to do this, from the Pope on down. So they're going to baptize aliens, they, 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 they're, they're not going to be in need of a savior, that they're going to, you know, I've got into all these reports, just key in Catholic and alien, in the keyword search box. I've done so many reports on that, I don't even know where to begin. All straight from the horse's mouth, right from their dogma, right from their teachings. They've got whole observatories where they're constantly watching the sky. They get their Lucifer telescope there in wherever, Nevada or New Mexico or wherever. Lucifer. Catholics are on the cutting edge of this stuff, of, of this whole alien deception that's coming, disclosure. They're going to be right on the cutting edge, man. They're not going to be caught flat-footed on all this garbage. They're, they're, they're Satan's emissaries, and they're, and they're going to be used mightily by Satan in order to deceive, to try to deceive all Christians. Because the Catholic, church, the Catholic um, whore wants all to gather all her chicks under her wings, all the chicks that left during the Protestant Reformation, okay, because they were protesting. Protestant, they were protesting. Come back, Lutherans. Come back, Methodists. The, the Baptists were never under them, okay? That's a whole separate line. Not saying Baptists are perfect, okay? But I'm saying they would, they'll, they'll, I mean, the Baptists are going to come too, though. A, a lot of them. I would say probably the majority of them from this strong delusion because the church has done nothing to warn its church members of what's coming, and they're going to be caught totally flat-footed, and they're not going to have an answer, and it's going to probably be very similar to the way it's portrayed in the in the movie V, the show V, the miniseries, where everybody's going to be, oh, I don't know what's going on. This wasn't in the Bible. Why didn't my pastor? Well, here we're going to tell, we're going to show you what's going on. Your pastor is lying to you, and you know we're your creators. We're going to give you free energy. We're going to give you. We're going to cure all your diseases. You know you're going to live in some utopia. Yeah, you're what's on the dinner plate, sure, but we're not going to tell you about that till later. <laughs> exactly what they're doing in Genesis 6. You know? The giants were eating humanity. Okay, that's what they do. They got pretty big appetites. They're big suckers. You know, they got a big appetite. They're big boys. They don't just bring out big cans of the, the, like jumbo-sized chunky soups and, and, and give it to them or whatever. No, no, no. You're what's on the menu. And that's what's always also portrayed in the V series and in so many of these alien series that we're literally what's on the menu. So I'm saying you better get your ducks in a row when it comes to all this stuff because the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. And, and this isn't something where I believe you're going to go out there with your, your 50 cal and be able to fight this type of battle. I'm not saying that that, I'm not discouraging somebody from 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 doing that let's say the scenario went down or whatever i'm not saying you know don't defend yourself with these types of things i'm not saying that don't defend your family that type of stuff but i'm saying that primarily the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're spiritual they're mighty through the pulling down strongholds and i'm going to do um i've kind of already got all the material for it but i'm going to be doing a study hopefully soon on a whole dedicated study on the spiritual warfare weapons that we have at our disposal to battle these things literally okay so that's hopefully in the near future pray that god gives me wisdom about that exactly what to include in this study and, and exactly what to go a lot of it i've already went over but i want one cohesive format of a study and i want one continual i want a nice pdf with everything listed out that you can print out 
All of it will be for free, as usual, that you can print out and, and have with you, keep in your Bible, and if the internet goes down or whatever, you'll be able to have that. Okay. Um, so let's go further here. Um, so in one episode, the alien leader visits the Vatican where Catholic leaders make a pact to work with the aliens, which they've already done. They've even acknowledged this, basically. They even acknowledge the superiority of the angels to their faith. The real Vatican has already acknowledged the possibility of alien life on other planets, and Pope Francis, who has endorsed many heretical doctrines in one, the one world religion, has said that not only could aliens exist, but that they should be baptized for salvation if they desire it. Yep. And that's just part of what they've said. All the while, the aliens plot to manipulate human, human DNA for the control of humanity in the V series. Oh, it's always about our DNA. Imagine that. The Bible says they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave. It says that in Daniel. It says that about the end times. Who is they? Well, it can't be humans because it says it's something different. Is it parakeets? Is it um, poodles? You know, muskrats? Three-toed sloths? Is that what the they are? No, it's fallen angels. Same stuff they were doing in Noah's day that Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, so shall it be in, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Noah's Genesis 6, essentially. They're going to be doing it today. This is what we, we should be expecting. And this is what all of these Hollywood shows, particularly when it comes to aliens, being our saviors, coming down to earth, so much of the time, central theme of that is corrupting our DNA. And supposedly it's because they're going to give us an upgrade. Now we're going to be as gods. Just like the same lie promise that was promised to Eve in the Garden of Eden that basically was a big reason that she ate the forbidden fruit. Because she thought she was going to be as God, a God, you know, small g. So, um, and the key to the conquest by the alien race is conceiving an alien-human hybrid. The aliens regularly seduce humans to achieve this goal. In this series finale, it is the human-alien hybrid child who can guide the thoughts of the entire global population. This is why it's so important, because if they can... Um, Co-mingle if they if they can pull off the breeding program like they did in Genesis six, equally as well, then these emissaries, these alien human hybrid children, can guide the thoughts of the entire global population, reducing humanity to mind-controlled zombies who surrender to their alien gods. But remember, in Daniel it says they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men in this time period, which is the Daniel type time period of of the tribulation period. But they shall not cleave. That word cleave, if you if you do an etymology of the of the uh, Hebrew of it, it means to aptly fit, to fit well. So whatever they were able to pull off in Genesis six, they're having a much harder time doing now. Is what it appears to be. If it was that easy, what they did in Genesis six, why aren't they doing it now? Why don't they just come down, smash us over the head with, with a club, and do exactly what they did? And Because they can't pull it off this time as, as easily. It's my theory on it. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave. Aptly fit. So this breeding program is having a much harder time. I've done tons on the bre alien breeding program and the, they that walk among us and all this other stuff. 
Dr. Daniels, that whole thing, done this recently in the, like the last year. You can, you can just key an alien agenda in the keyword search box. You can find it, all the studies. Um, the one thing about having over, I don't even know how many parts of studies I've got, could be 2,000. You can do keyword searches, but sometimes you have to get kind of specific because if I've got like 2,000 studies up there, it's a lot to sort through. And, and sometimes it's the specifics where you'll find stuff. So Dr. Daniels might be a good one to search for on that. Um, the, so the key to the conquest by the alien race is conceiving an alien-human hybrid. The aliens regularly seduced humans to achieve this goal. Um, such corruption of humanity is precisely what the devil sought to accomplish in Genesis 6 when the sons of God took human women as wives. It was a plot to destroy the human genetic code and thwart any chance of redemption by the promised seed of the woman, which ultimately was through Jesus Christ. Okay, so continuing on, in our prior installment, the Nephilim and the great secret of the occult, there's a link to that, beginning and the end reference the mission to Mars sci-fi space film. I've talked about that a ton too. Um, about a group of astronauts who encounter alien life for the first time. Before being able to meet the aliens, they the astronauts are shown an image of DNA missing two chromosomes, which they must add in as part of a test from the aliens. Once they pass the test, one of the astronauts meets the aliens and learns that they created humanity and that all life on, on Earth waiting for humanity, all life on Earth waiting for humanity to evolve and eventually have the technology to meet their forefathers. So this, this is what it's all about. We've, we've been in this big evolutionary process of this, this science project that our basic, that our, our benevolent alien devil ancestors gave to us because they're the creators of all of us. And we finally evolved to the point where we're finally getting ready to meet daddy. Finally. After billions of years, after revolving from that rock or whatever they believe that, you know, different, they, they've presented in different ways. If you want to go to know the way that they presented it in the um, Mission of Mars, just go to Ending Scene Mission of Mars. Um, Mission to Mars, and you'll find it. It's it's basically evolutionary, is how they portray it. It's beyond blasphemous. Um, the sci-fi miniseries Childhood End, which I've done a whole teaching on. Childhood End. Okay, this I mean this was just whoa. I mean you talk about in your face this thing. I mean, I get, they put pretty much put all their cards on the table with that one. I mean, it's just, I'm still shaking my head about that one. Can't child's, childhoods end in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. One of the most disturbing alien movies of late centered on an alien arrival where the invaders also proposed that they wanted to help mankind to solve all of our problems. For the first few years of the alien arrival, they did not reveal themselves to society. Instead, appointing a human to serve as their, quote, messenger, delivering their message to the world. After earning the trust, admiration, and worship of humanity, because they'd given us all their goodies, and, or given us so much of their goodies, the alien leader reveals himself as a common depiction of Satan. Literally, like 10-foot-tall, hooves, red, beet red, uh, like hooves, uh, uh, wings with, like, claws on them. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's like the epitome of what you would think satan looks like in every cliche you could imagine okay 
this is how he's portrayed. It's subtle. I'll, I'll give him that. It's very subtle. And um, so the first few years, you know, they're good buddies. After earning our trust, admiration, and worship of humanity, Annalena reveals himself as the common depiction of Satan, despite looking like the common image of the devil. No, you know, no red flags there. The alien leader in sci-fi's childhood end was well-received by the public. Hey, he's doing great things for us. I mean, you know, yeah, he looks like Satan, but I mean, you know, I'm getting the benefits, so what does it matter? The entire agenda of the aliens is to take all of the children of Earth and give them godlike powers, allowing them to form a collective consciousness. Thus, all the adults of Earth become obsolete and are then killed. That's <laughs> ah, it's a little trade-off. It's, 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 you know. I mean, I don't think they go over it anymore, but basically in the end, everybody's dead. And they blow up planet Earth. The planet Earth ends up blowing up. And it's basically like tough love. One guy ends up sneaking on to the spaceship that's finally leaving Earth with, like, Satan on it. But they all look like Satan. I mean, there's, like, a whole bunch of, like, these demonic devil creatures. And, and you know, they, they never even hardly get mad, these, these, the way they portray these satanic creatures. They're, they're, not, they're not bad people. They're just helping us to go to our next evolutionary rung on, on the evolutionary ladder, even though that, that means killing every single person on the planet and then ultimately blowing it up. Um, and then the one guy escapes with them on the ship. And I think they, they, I don't know, I think they take him, he ends up getting back to their home world, which looks like hell, essentially. And, uh, I for, honestly, I forget how it ends. You, you just key in childhood in, it, it's, I mean, they really, they really put all the cards on the table with that one. That's all I can say. In a recent survey by a global demographic analytics firm, 60% of over 26,000 people polled stated they believe in, in the existence of intelligent extraterrestrial life. Could this faith-based belief, no doubt fueled by the abundance of mass media entertainment about aliens visiting Earth, be the basis for the coming end times deception? The Bible is clear that in the final years before the second coming of Christ, God will permit the overwhelming majority of the world to fall victim to the greatest deception of all time. Believe that the Antichrist is the actual Messiah and God. Well, that's part of it. The book of Revelation describes in detail that the Antichrist will rule over a global government in which he is installed as a global dictator and deity to be worshipped and the world will be awed and enamored with their supposed savior. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, quoted above, well, quoted, I've already quoted it, uh, details that the Antichrist's rise will be accompanied by power and lying signs and wonders, which is the main way they're going to deceive the whole world. But remember, Jesus Christ said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. So signs are not what we should be following. We should be following the word of God. Because signs, when you start doing that, then it becomes all about your heart. Oh, wow, how could that have happened? Oh, it must be real, this or that. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, the Bible says. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool, Proverbs 28, 26. So it's not something that you want to do. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, Proverbs 14, 12 and 16, 24. So you, you don't want to do that, okay? Not, not something you want to do. Uh, he will be a supernatural man who can perform literal miracles before the eyes of the public. The false prophet, the religious cohort of the Antichrist, will be able to call fire down from heaven and perform miracles when in the, anti when in the Antichrist's presence. According to Revelation um, 13, 13, well, that's appropriate. 
uh, and also verse 14, he will be able to give life to the image of the beast, a figure of the Antichrist that will be worshipped all over the world under penalty of death. And during this time, there will also be fallen angels, more fallen angels released onto earth. I mean, there's the ones they talk about in the river Euphrates and then the other, the, the um, locusts coming out from the bottomless pit and Abaddon and all that other stuff. So you got a lot of really, really heavy duty demonic fallen angelic activity during the book of Revelation, particularly during the last half of the three and a half year tribulation, the great tribulation. It's like no other time ever is what the, the bible says the lord jesus christ said that during that the end times we would witness men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken the powers of heaven could be in reference to angelic beings who will be removed from their current stations and cast to earth i don't know possibly yeah could these beings present themselves as aliens from another planet well the thing is is we've already got that <laughs> we already got maybe there's going to be more but i don't think it's going to be some fresh revelation we've already got that going on we've already got fallen angels already doing this you know presenting themselves as like ascended masters or you know things of this nature uh rather than pointing to god could these end time deceivers deceive instead deceive humanity into thinking they are superior life forms from another world who seeded earth and gave birth to humanity and that the antichrist is their chosen leader I, yeah i'd say that's the crux of everything that we're moving into emboldening the global populace to embrace the spawn of the devil as their hero yeah absolutely and that's how they always portray satan in like the uh, satanic bible and the people that worship Lucifer, they always portray him as like this underdog guy that's a good guy. I mean, I mean, these are people that come out of this stuff and they've said this, or people that are in it and they admit to it. And he was just an underdog and he's the ultimate underdog and he's going against that mean old God up there who's just unrighteous and doling out all this horrible judgment and stuff throughout the ages. And the devil's just got this really bad rep from the Bible and devil's finally going to win he's he's he's, he's going to have enough people following him and he's going to be powerful and that's how they portray him it's very common so um second corinthians 11 through th uh, verse 11 3 and 4 says but i fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled eve through his subtlety because remember he was subtle you know he said yay if god said did god really say that do you really say that that was the first way he came to eve which he was questioning the word of god okay and you know then he went on to further deceive her in that portion of scripture so as the serpent beguiled eve through his subtlety so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in christ simply it's simple the gospel of christ is simple it's not complex you don't have to like go through nine thousand hoops you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest any man should boast it's not of works but almost every religion on the planet is through works basically other than true bible believing christianity and that's the big difference between all religions and true bible believing christianity and i won't put a denominational label on it because there's no bible for denominations there's none that bible speaks against it one saith i am of paul i am of apollos i am of whoever Oh, he he was the one that led me to the Lord. So I am of I'm a Paulite or whatever. I'm on I'm from Apollos. This is how denominations got started. They're unbiblical. The Bible condemns it there in that same portion of scripture. So 
anyway, um, for if 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 he that cometh preaches preacheth another Jesus, which is exactly what we're getting with ancient aliens, which is exactly what we're getting from from Ridley Scott and from Eric von Daniken and from the V series and from Childhood N. There's another Savior, another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit which we have not received, and then this would be an evil spirit, or another gospel, which all falls under the classifications of what we talked about today, which ye have not accepted, ye might bear him well. But the Bible goes on to talk about, let that, let that person, if it be an angel from heaven that says this, let that person be accursed, that preaches another gospel, another Jesus. So, and then it goes on to say again, let him be accursed. Not something you want to mess with. As society moves farther from the Lord and the knowledge of the Bible, the door to deception opens wider. And a scenario of alien beings claiming to be the forefathers of humans or gods to be worshipped becomes more possible for people to accept. Scripture states that Satan will use any means to corrupt the hearts and minds of society from true salvation, which is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive sins. Now, if you don't know about that, go to my uh, website, contendingfortruth.com, just one word, contendingfortruth.com, and click on the True Salvation tab, and just listen to those teachings I have. Simple. It's not complicated. Jesus Christ, the prophesied seed of the woman of Genesis 6, lowered himself by leaving heaven to suffer as a human in order to redeem us from sin. And the devil will use any deception, distortion, or parody to confuse and distract humanity from its need for, for a true Savior from heaven. The early church fathers were well aware of this, and which is why many understood, even from the first century AD, the threat posed by the sons of God and the Nephilim giants as described in Genesis 6. Now these are the early church fathers. Now today you can't hardly find anybody that's cemetery brainwashed that believes in the Nephilim theory. They're taught the godly line of Seth or whatever, which makes no biblical sense whatsoever and fails on so many levels, I don't even, it's, it's insanity. It truly is. Talk about creating something out of nothing, creating a theory out of nothing. The early church fathers were well aware of the Nephilim, okay, and, and Genesis 6 and the threat posed by these fallen angels. They were fully aware in our next and final installment we will explore what the what did the early church fathers believe about the nephilim and we're going to get into that in an upcoming teaching so that's all i have for today and i'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer heavenly father we do thank you for this day this time you've given us lord i pray god that this information lord god i just pray that that all of these teachings i've done regarding the subject uh in this ministry um I pray you'd use a mightily God for your for your glory. I, I pray that, you know, people that need to be availed of this information, whether they listen to the teachings, whether they look at the PDFs, Lord, that you open the eyes of the body of Christ to the subject, whether it's through my ministry, God, or any other. I, I'm just a very small fish in a big pond, Lord. I, I pray this this information get out, Lord, and that people are prepared for what is coming. Uh, because I fear that, particularly the 501c3 church lord in america and the corporate churches worldwide are going to be caught totally flat-footed regarding this particular subject which is going to be the absolute backbone of the coming strong delusion that you said that you were going to send in your word lord in second thessalonians chapter two so i pray to god you give you give 
the Christian's God, eyes to see, hearts to, hearts to receive, and ears to hear, Lord, regarding this whole matter. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins that we've committed, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, and that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. I pray you bless my listeners, Lord God, body, soul, and spirit in every way, shape, and form, um, and protect them, Lord, and the body of Christ and the innocent God. And I pray, Lord God, that you would annihilate these wicked devil pedophiles and Satanists and Luciferians that are, it, those that can be saved, God, I pray you would save them, but I pray you annihilate those that will not repent of their wickedness and that are, are sacrificing these children and, and, and using and adults and animals and all of the things that the wickedness that they're doing lord god in secret in order to defile humanity in order to gain more power in witchcraft god i pray to god that you lose legions and legions of warrior angels lord god against this wickedness in the name of the lord jesus christ and we bind up every devil demon evil entity fallen angel or fallen cherub that would try to hinder this prayer in any way shape or form we bind them up, we rebuke them, and I pray, Jesus, you cast them into the abyss until which time they then be cast into the lake of fire and that none would be able to come to take their place. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.